0: You're listening to the Version 5 podcast. We are five women sharing our individual journeys while changing the narrative within our communities. Our mission is to create a sense of belonging through love, acceptance, and a whole lot of realness. Join us for
1: authentic conversations on real topics from real life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode six healthy relationships. We're going to look at what makes a relationship wholesome, how to identify unhealthy relationships, and how we can set boundaries. Human connection is a psychological necessity with proven health benefits. We consistently interact with others, forming these connections, which make us feel good or sometimes cause us stress and anxiety. What we'd like to discuss are some tips that we've found useful in our personal and professional lives to keep healthy relationships positive and ways to improve strain relationships. Now, a lot of us are invested in romantic relationships or have been at some point. What was the best thing about your partner? Were they supportive, loving, trustworthy? Did you feel connected, empowered, valued, equal? Let's discuss. What is a healthy relationship to you guys?
0: I think a healthy relationship for me, romantically speaking, is two people coming together that are whole people to begin with because I've just seen so many relationships in my life that were dysfunctional, and they were dysfunctional because they fed off the other person to be the whole person they needed to be. And I think that's what's caused dysfunction, is that you need to be a whole person, confident in who you are, and okay to be independent by yourself, um, and, then, and then come into that together to support one another. I don't know. That's just what I think.
2: I think that's great. It's a great point. I think many of us don't come into a relationship whole, though. Mm-hmm. I was not whole. Nope. Mm-mm. I was still searching, and I think my partner was too. So for us personally, we I think we came into a relationship and then um, learned about each other's you know faults and weaknesses, and we overcame a lot, and and then we kind of grew individually but within
3: it as well so did you go into the relationship thinking that you needed to find something from this person though no I think that could be the
0: difference that's what I yeah, mean okay. is that not that because everyone's imperfect yeah. right I have struggles I still have struggles and I had struggles when I met my husband uh, but that's not what I mean by whole what I mean by whole is that you're not looking for that other person in your life to fulfill that emptiness inside of you, mm-hmm. is that you are bringing them on, that you're bringing them into your life as a support system to help you through those struggles, but that you're not so dependent on them
1: that if they were gone, you would be completely a mess. So for example, you're not a woman just looking for a husband, right? Mm-hmm. right? Um, and I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, maybe I'm not the best example because I met my husband when I was 17. Mm-hmm. So as much as I thought I knew about myself at 17, (laughs) you don't really know who you are that young. Or maybe some people are lucky enough to be that, you know, very wise for their age. But I found that we both grew up and um, kind of in different ways. So staying together was difficult in those like, you know, early 20s and that because you're not totally on the same page. Right. And I used to say that a lot to uh, some of my friends that would meet someone, you know, older um or like later on in life that it would be weird to meet someone when you're thirty because you both know who you are, and it's like your interests would align. And if you weren't compatible, you would know it right away and you wouldn't waste your time or whatever. you know what I mean, you'd move on. So like being a seventeen year old, meeting an eighteen year old, and then growing up together, like it's, there was a lot of um, learning to say the least. Right. And like, um, at one point there was a breakup because you aren't in the same place. And then Mm -hmm. to come back together that like, that's pretty amazing, but right. Like you do want to be your own person. And I think that's what you're getting at is like, you want to have some independence, which is super important for a relationship, right? You'd, there are some couples that you look at that are so enmeshed yeah. that can't do anything apart, mm. right? Like, and is that healthy? No, <laughs> yeah. no, right. So yeah. it's healthy to have some separation and like your own hobbies and your, your own interests, but, but still obviously. And to either. clarify
0: what I was saying too, I think part of what I mean by that is that you're not finding your own self-worth in your partner. Right. That's what I mean by being whole is that you're not made into this person because of who you are with.
4: And
3: whether they're mad at you Mm -hmm. or whether you're having a good day or a bad day doesn't completely change your world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's something
4: that we've talked about a lot in our relationship. And um, we've been very intentional about making sure we still have our own friends and we have time to spend with them and cultivate those relationships because we can't be everything for each other.
1: And so he's encouraged me to, you know, seek counsel among my friends. And, and that doesn't get less important as you go on, right? It gets more important because after having kids, um, you know, you do start to lose that part of your life a little bit because you're so um, involved with your children, right? So sometimes we kind of put our relationships on the back burner, uh, friendships and uh, romantics. So Taking that time to continue to hang out with your friends or continue to make time for your partner is like it's big for a healthy relationship. And that was what some of our listeners when we asked uh, what topics people want to talk about was like how do you keep the spark alive in a relationship? How do you keep a healthy relationship healthy? What are some of your ideas?
2: Go for date night.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah,
2: just make sure you you take the time for you too. You know, go do something, learn something new together. Hey, that's fun
3: whether it's like once a week or once a month. I know like for us facilitating a once a week is just not realistic, but like we can do it once a month. And often our flaw, because we have a boy and he's to the age, we're like, well, we just want to take him along. So we sometimes are guilty of still involving our son and not going out on our own. But I will tell you, when we go out on our own, it's a completely different dynamic. Yeah. So we found a commonality of something that we love and we go to a lot of concerts together mm-hmm. and it like he's given me a completely different appreciation of music. I feel like I hear something completely different now than I did before we met and we and I, I feel excited and like pumped even talking about it right now. I'm like, oh, I'm excited that we get the next one we're going to is Common. And just the fact that we get to go enjoy this cool concert together. And it's such a vast array of music we enjoy together. Stuff I would never have thought. I've been to more country music um, events than I ever thought I would have been in this <laughs> Reason lifetime. to get out of the house. <laughs> I don't own cowboy boots yet, just for the record. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's super important to find those commonalities and spend that time
0: together. And from... Coming from a perspective where for a long while it was very difficult for my husband and I to get out of the house because we had two newborns uh, and I was breastfeeding so I can't just up and leave with my husband so also just being intentional about Maybe you can't go out on a date night. Maybe that's not the position that you're in. But then put down your phone in the evening when you do have that hour together, put down your phone and actually just communicate.
2: I was going to say just disconnecting, I Disconnect. think, really gives you that quality time. Yeah. To connect again. Yeah.
0: yeah. And just be honest with one another. I think mm-hmm. vulnerability goes a long way about, you know, just telling each other how you're feeling. And that could be literally a 10-minute conversation. Just like, "Hey, I'm having a rough day or I had a great day. This is why. How about you? And then, set, you know, just that little bit um, just connects you on an emotional level so much more.
4: And sometimes the conversations you had at the start need to be had again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: That's what I've found. We haven't even been together a year, but things, just simple things, those dumb first date questions, ask
1: them again
0: mm-hmm.
1: and see if the answer has changed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I don't know if there are any Brene Brown fans. Yes, right here. Okay. Um, So she's a a huge impact or, sorry, influence on uh, some of my practices at work. Um, But I watched her segment on Netflix recently, and I was trying to share it with my husband, who is a closed book Which is very difficult and frustrating for me because I am an open book and that's what I do for a living, right? So if somebody doesn't want to talk to me, I'm like, hey, 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 (laughs) talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. (laughs) But so I was telling him about um, one of Brittany's points that she speaks to is she was uh, on a family trip with her husband, and it was the first time that they'd been swimming together or something and they used to swim a lot. So she was feeling self-conscious about being in a bathing suit and uh, worried about what he was thinking, looking at her. And while they're swimming, she's talking to him and he's not answering. Um, So basically by the time they get like to the dock, they've swam, swam, swum. (laughs) they've swam (laughs) back to the dock. Um, she brings up, you know, like a little, I guess they get into a little tiff or whatever. And so he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I wasn't listening to you. I was having a panic attack and I was trying to count my strokes and yada, yada, yada. So what they came up with was in the moment, you know, you look at someone and your your mind is reeling and you're trying to guess what's on their mind and you're mm-hmm. filling your head with these like nice. scenarios and yeah, situations or whatever. So she started saying to him, the story that I'm telling myself is, you don't like the way I look in this bikini. Yeah. And he's like, no, that's not at all what was happening. But anyway, so I thought this was really interesting. So I bring this up to my husband, and I'm like, I think this would be super helpful for us. Mm-hmm. And he laughs, and he's like, I will never use that. I will never <laughs> say that. <laughs> but if it helps you, great. Yeah, that's so <laughs> well, hilarious. Well, I have used that so many times since we watched this movie, And it's become a joke, but it's safe now because it's a joke and he has used it. So we went on this Andrew Dunn walk, uh, just for an example, and uh, we were caught between all these people that were walking slower and he was on the outside. So, you know, he keeps looking over at me and I'm like, what is going on? If you want to pass these people, just pass them. Like the story I'm telling myself is you're getting frustrated with me because I'm walking slower than you. And he's like... Kelsey, I'm just trying not to bump your stroller with the bike trailer that he was pushing. So it's like, you know, we do this constantly. Every single day, we're constantly filling our heads with the stories that we think are, are, you know, coming to light. But just the the simplest, most mundane thing, it's funny that, you know, when you address it out loud, you realize, so it can really impact your day-to-day, right? Like, if you do that 100 times a day... um, Sorry, go your ahead. hamster wheel yeah. is going. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've, go I've started doing that where, um,
4: I don't know, his family will invite us over for dinner, right? And he'll say to me, We don't have to go if you don't want to, right? He's just laying it out. There's no pressure for me to get together with his family. What I hear is, I'm not sure I want you to spend time with my family. Isn't that interesting? And the first time I was able to verbalize that, I was on the verge of tears. And he said, no, I understand you've had a really busy weekend. If you want to just take time for yourself, do that. He was caring for me, but I was hearing that he didn't want me to say what you mean to say and yeah. like believe
0: it when somebody says. And right? don't we all do that? Yeah. Like the other day I was talking to my husband and I was like, are you sure you're not upset with me? Like, I don't understand. And I kept going. And finally, we, I had watched that Brené Brown thing too. And so I had brought that up with him and he just stopped and he's like, Lynn, the story you're telling yourself right now is, and he told me exactly where my insecurities were coming from. And I was like, oh, you're totally right. And he's like, <laughs> so stop, because that's not where I'm coming from. Like this whole conversation is because of your own insecurities and I'm not feeling that way. And so to be able to like be vulnerable with one one another, just like you said, it automatically breaks off that, I guess, the opportunity for an argument because you're like, oh, wait, yeah, that's where we're both at. Okay, (laughs)
3: I sent yeah. a mess I sent this lovely message to my husband at work the other day and I'm like, "Okay, I was super funny and I was cute and I needed to do that because I was I was having a really rough week and I need to like remember that he picked me and we're we're in a relationship for life and blah blah blah." And he didn't respond. And I was like, "Hmm." So he gets home from work because he's on nights, and I'm like, ah. Uh, so, um, he, I sent you that like message. He's like, and he just turned and looked at me, and he was like, honey, I'm in the middle of this investigation, and my days at work are so insane I can't even look at my phone because it's ringing all day long. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I, it just instantly, like, it made me feel silly. It didn't mean that he didn't appreciate what I was sending to him, but it was like, no, legit, I'm at work, dude, and I got, I got
1: stuff that needs to get but done. But the time between you sending the message and getting to talk to him... <laughs> Your head is just spinning yourself. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you're like insecure mm-hmm. and just and by, the they, yeah. by the time they by
2: the time they get home we're just pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> for,
3: for, literally, yeah, for literally nothing. Something that never yeah. even happened, yeah. right? So no, yeah, yeah, just under we like and I feel like that is like the open dialogue, like making sure we have um, something that we say to each other on a regular basis and that is um, in an effort to communicate better. So anything we're going to lead in and, and tell each other, like, like I don't realize, like we live at different levels. And when I say that, it's like, I live at five foot two and he lives at six feet. And even in like the cleanliness of the house, everything at five foot two is looking really nice and shiny at six feet. he's like, when was the last time you dusted this house? Oh, and I'm like, oh, oh, because I literally don't see it. So it's just, we literally live at different levels. And I find that alone fascinating. Like, think about that when you're in your house yeah. to those like tiny women that have six foot five husbands. Like, <laughs> just be conscientious of those different things. And that's literally in life, right? We live at completely different Places or or experiences at that time, and I I found that for us in our marriage, it's just been incredible to help us. Well, just on emotional levels too, right? Because totally. I'm I'm with you. I tend to be more of a roller coaster. I'm
2: I'm high when I'm high, and I'm so happy. Oh, the you know, life is perfect. And then the next day, i kind of go down a little bit, right? Just I'm yeah. mopey. Like every going hour right. it's different. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever, you know. Yeah. And he, Daryl's just kind of on just a steady Eddie
3: platform, steady Eddie. You know? steady Eddie.
2: Steady Eddie. Steady Eddie. I and I hope I appreciate that. That has been so, so yeah. healthy for me to yeah, just right. have somebody keep me grounded, right? Cause I'm just going off the rails yeah. all the time. And yes. he's, you know, so he gives me that perspective and yeah,
0: different levels,
2: right? Grab- yes.
0: I, yes. So going back to Kelsey's question about this, how do you keep these healthy relationships and keep that spark alive? from everything that all of what we just said is being intentional. Being intentional about your communication. Mm -hmm. And that might be the stories I'm telling myself is or whatever you and Sean say to each other, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But it's being intentional in leading that conversation so that you're not going around in your mind with all these ridiculous ideas.
3: And for... Sorry, for those of you that are out there that aren't in a relationship right now, um, be very mindful and be aware that every single person at this table have been through relationships that weren't healthy. And that coming, like, um, for instance, Kelsey was talking about um, being 17 and finding her partner. I was 33 When I found my partner, and he had been married before as well, and I had been in a long-term relationship, so it did not come instantly. There's definitely a lot of toxicity that I had in past relationships, and I don't want anybody out there that isn't in a perfect relationship right now to think that we're talking here in this roundtable conversation about everything that's perfect in our relationships because it's taken a whole heck of a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, literally and figuratively, to get to where we are in our relationships where we feel confident sharing um, what has helped us get to these next levels.
1: So in school, I learned this really um, cool way, I'm going to say cool, uh, to communicate something that you need that you aren't getting. For example, you would fill in the blanks. I feel blank when blank because I need blank. So if you're having trouble communicating your feelings to someone, you could say, I feel sad when you this because what I need is yada yada. Does that make sense? Yeah. So communication is clearly one of the biggest uh, factors in a healthy relationship. We are noticing this uh, as we talk. But there's other stuff uh, that we've kind of talked about off the record in between breaks here, um, just like trusting your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's speak a little bit to that because I know that trust doesn't come easy to everybody. Mm-hmm. Lots of people struggle with trust issues, and sometimes it's not even because of the person that you're with, mm-hmm. right? It's because of a past unhealthy relationship. Yeah. And that could be with a parent, or a sister, or a brother. A friend, it doesn't necessarily have to have been a romantic thing um, to cause trust issues. So let's talk about that a little bit and what we do to overcome trust issues.
3: So what is something you guys have experienced that caused you to not be able to trust somebody that you were in a romantic relationship with?
1: Unfaithfulness.
3: Yeah. I've been cheated on hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> Where a pregnancy was involved.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So
3: the relationship had to end. There, were, Yeah yeah so yeah
1: that would leave a bitter taste in your mouth for sure
3: holy smokes it took a long time for me to trust anybody again
2: yeah Yeah, I think the same thing I yeah I've been in relationships that didn't go so well you know Mm -hmm. just due to cheating or what have you also I think as a as a parent my father was a, a big factor in that so you know, just fear of abandonment. Mm-hmm. And so trust, you know, like it, it's hard to trust somebody that they're not going to just leave and take off on you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. That they don't just bail the second yeah. you have an argument or whatever, yeah. right?
4: Yeah. For myself, in my my dating relationships, um, I was ghosted. Quote, ghosted. Yes. Multiple times. And when I first started dating Ezra, even just a two-hour gap in texting I was instantly there and I had already broken up with him. In your mind? Yeah. Just from 2 hours. It was so quick because I was like he's not responding, he probably won't.
0: Interesting. I so the same thing I too. I was
4: there so fast. And so there was just a trust issue for me of not realizing he had my best interest at heart, but it had been that trust had been broken by so many guys before him and it's taken time to build that back up. It does.
2: I think talking about it too, even just being aware of those things that we struggle with is huge. Because I, I, has everybody here been to therapy? Yeah. Counseling of some sort?
0: Very minimally. Yeah, Yeah, minimally. yeah me yeah. too.
1: I, I'm embarrassed to say that I work in the mental health field and I've never been to counseling, but let me tell you, I talk to the psychiatrists <laughs> that work on the daily. <laughs> Don't ask me how it's going today, guys. <laughs>
2: oh, that's so nice. You get it for free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: that's but just I envy then, around the table, don't yeah. worry. Yeah.
2: But I think that's such a healthy way to kind of come to those realizations because I feel we repeat lots of those mistakes, those trust issues we have, those, you know, feeling not good enough, all those so many times. And we, the cycle just keeps going until we kind of have that aha moment and talking about it has definitely helped me realize those things and realize, okay, it's not them. It's me. I need to start changing the way that I think about these things. This isn't the case. This is not how he thinks. So let's just switch it up a little bit, break that cycle and talk about it. Even though it's really, really difficult, (laughs) even just saying that whole thing before kind of, Maybe want to throw up a little, but we're good. That's the whole point. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point.
1: And and I'm a firm believer in counseling. Mm -hmm. And I've asked my husband to go with me a bunch of times, but he's not interested in that. Like I said, he's not a person who communicates very well. So, I mean, you have to... There's a little give and take, right? Like, I can try as much as I can, but I, I'm not going to force that on someone either, right? But you can. So That's just
2: not... The, if it's not their personality, it's not their personality, right? And just to kind of come at it from an, another side, I guess.
1: But it works for so many people. And, and, like, I've been on the other end of it, right? When, even if you have one patient, sometimes you end up talking to their whole family or mm-hmm. whatever and settling things between other people. So it's definitely helpful to have an unbiased yes. opinion... On, on, Well, not an opinion, sorry. We don't give advice. <laughs> uh, but um, what am I... Str- an ear. Perspective, error. yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you, yeah. yes.
0: Yeah, and I think there is also such a taboo out there about seeking out therapy or seeking out counseling because I know when I was going through my own issues, uh, that was suggested to me so often, like, maybe you should go to counseling. Maybe this is something you need to talk to. Exactly, someone who has an unbiased uh, perspective of this and a listening ear... But there's that part of me that's like, oh, does that mean I'm a failure then?
3: Really? See, isn't that yeah. we've talked about failure so many times in different levels, like in, in work and in, in in like a project that didn't work out or whatever it may be. And it's like, why is failure something that comes up so quickly that is definitely gonna be another episode?
0: Yeah. I'm just gonna say that. It's right true, now. but the thing is, is from what we've been talking about, even in a health in a healthy relationship with a romantic partner partner. Being vulnerable and communicating is what we've been saying really makes it healthy. Mm -hmm. So why should it be any different with any other type of relationship we have, even our own relationships with ourselves? Mm -hmm.
2: Well, That's the thing. I don't think you need to be in a relationship in order to go seek counsel. No. -hmm. No. I think it's a healthy thing to do just on your Mm -hmm. own to understand yourself better, know what things that you need, know what you're looking for in other people. You know, that makes a huge difference as to when you're selecting a life partner. So regardless if you are in a relationship or single or everything in between, you know? I don't know. I'm What's everything in between?
1: I do know. Dating? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk about being openly communicative, that's also very important in our friendships too. Do we find that there's a difference? Is it easier to be honest in a friendship then in a relationship, vice versa? How do you guys feel about friendships?
0: I think it depends on the friendship Uh, because I have friends who are so easy to be open and vulnerable with and know that if I'm going through a rough time, I can pick up the phone and just be completely open and bawling my face off and that they're there no matter what they're going through in their own lives. But then I also have friends who I wouldn't, I would double think doing that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it just depends on the friend.
1: And that's something I think that we should touch on too, is that when when Lynn was talking about, you know, we should be wholesome without counting on our partner to, you know, make us a wholesome person, but... Um, one thing that I've discussed with my friends recently um it took me a long time to figure this out and I think that there was a huge shift in my personal relationship once I realized that um there is no like storybook Mr. Right who can be everything uh maybe well maybe there is and I've just never met him obviously <laughs> mm, <laughs> but <no. laughs> right everybody has strengths and weaknesses and I think that once you realize that you might need something from somewhere else and you feel okay with, you know, getting it from somewhere else. So, for example, I, this may be hard to follow, but I think it takes a community to make someone whole or feel like a whole person, right? Whether that be your parents, uh, siblings, friends I think that everyone has something to offer like right when you talk about your your 10 closest people or your five closest people so like Rielin was saying she has friends that she holds in different um, kind of places in her life and that's a good thing it's good to have friends that you just go for a beer with or wine or Mm -hmm. vodka (laughs) and because those are your light friends. You know what I mean? It's good to have people that you can just go out with and have a great time. And, you know, we've all had the friends where it's like every time you hang out, it's always super heavy and emotional. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need different things, right? So it's good to have different relationships for different purposes. Conversation
0: has been so good. And there are so many different avenues that I feel like we need to expand this and make it into a second episode so thank you for following along with us today and be sure to come back in two weeks and we're going to finish this one up thank you so much for joining today's conversation we may be finished with this topic today but we want to hear from you help us change the narrative and give us your thoughts by leaving us a comment or dm on instagram you can find us at version underscore underscore f-i-v-e